Hey folks, cold open. Because I gave y'all the cold shoulder here to five to go. Doug Fireball Turnbull here. See, I promised. I built up such intrigue at the end of episode 92. In fact, all through it. Because I said there would be two Cup Series rookies on, right? Remember Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick? They had a rivalry at one point. First years of the Cup Series. They're struggling with a new car. Tyler Reddick's a new father. He likes to drive aggressively. Cole Custer's learning a new system and has a permutation of his old race team, the Xfinity Series and Cup. And we're going to talk all about it. And you're going to hear something like 20 good minutes with these two drivers, maybe more, 25 minutes. Well, I forgot to add it to the last episode because I didn't do it in sequential order. So, I've created a bonus episode of Five to Go with Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer. Custer goes first, Reddick goes second, and then after that, you're going to pause for next week because we'll have some racing that has happened at Phoenix already, and then, of course, it'll be Atlanta Motor Speedway the weekend after that. So, we got a lot of that coming up. The weekend of Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is March the 13th through 15th, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500, I've already got a couple of interviews in on the docket, and I'm sure I'll run into a bunch more. So you're going to have a lot of audio coming your way from drivers that I hope you like or ones maybe you don't know much about. So it's going to be similar to this. Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, special bonus five to go episode is here for you right now. Then we'll be back with you next week to talk about Phoenix. And then after that, a lot of driver audio and Atlanta Motor Speedway coverage as well. Thank you all for listening to five to go. Please excuse my faux pas. And if you're into arithmetic, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Here's Cole Custer. Don't get a lot of follow-up guests so quickly here, okay, on the 5 to Go podcast, but NASCAR has been kind enough to line us up with Cup Series rookie that we heard from just a few weeks ago, about a month ago, and that's the driver of the number 41, Stuart Haas Racing Ford, Cole Custer. And Cole, since we've talked, you've got two races under your belt now in the 2020 season there. So how do you feel kind of leaving Las Vegas and getting ready to go to Auto Club Speedway? I mean, overall, it's just been a lot of learning. I mean, I think uh, it's just trying to get used to the field of cars, and then, you know, the cars drive a good amount different than what the Xfinity cars drove like. So just trying to understand differences and trying to perfect all of them because you can't, you can't give up anything in this series. Every, everybody's so close. and uh, So it's just a matter of trying to perfect those little things, and we'll, we'll be uh, stronger as we go. And that's what I wanted to ask about. Day- Daytona is its own animal. And I want to ask what happened there because it seemed like you, you were just kind of hanging in the pack, I mean, not running up front, and then suddenly you guys drop out of the race with a rear end gear issue. That that seems kind of freak. Uh, did y'all figure out what went wrong in the 500? Yeah, it just seems like it was one of those freak things, honestly. You know, I think, you know, we make great cars at Stuart Haas Racing, and we usually, you know, we don't have many failures, you know, go on. And it's just uh, one of those freak things that happened, and, we can't really do much about, but, uh, you know, I thought we set our, we set ourselves up. I felt like pretty good for that 500 race and, uh, it just didn't work out and which is unfortunate, but we'll keep, uh, trucking along. And then at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, I'm following along. I'm not at the track like I was at Daytona, but I, I looked down and all the see, I was like, the 41's run a 29th. <laughs> and I was trying to comb my, comb over my thoughts going, was there anything that set you guys back besides just the learning curve? Or did, did you guys, was the setup off or was it cold, the driver trying to figure things out? Or did you have a problem that the broadcast didn't cover that, that put you back? And I know you finished better than that, but at one point y'all were a couple laps down. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just a combination of things, honestly. I mean, I think I probably could have done a better job, and 
I think I probably practice got us, got us a little bit off track on what we need to do with our car, and uh, it's just all the little things they add up. And if you don't get them all perfect, you're not going to have a good day. So I think uh, we learned a lot, and we're going to be better at Auto Club this weekend, and we'll see what we can do. All right, here with Cole Custer, again, Cup Series rookie, and I'll always get to love, I always enjoy learning new people, new faces, and I know you're not new on the NASCAR scene. Is it weird being called a rookie when you've been coming to the track in NASCAR for six or seven years now? Uh, I guess it's a little bit weird to kind of reset, you know, just because, uh, you know, I've been racing in the Xfinity Series for three years, and to kind of do something new, you kind of, you're, you know, a small fish in a big pond or whatever you want to call it so just kind of reset yourself to trying to you know learn again right right and then is that, what what is the communication has the communication line changed at all with you and your crew chief i know you guys had a ton of success there in the xfinity series but then you come to cup and again you're instead of being the big fish in the small pond you're the, the small and the big now do you change how you prepare for those races or do you try to go and do what you were doing before and and just do it on a bigger stage. Like, what are some, I guess, on the granular level, some things that you guys have to change or not, maybe? Getting used to the cars and figuring out what's different about them and what, what works and what doesn't. So, I mean, I think we, you know, had a lot of success in the Xfinity level, and we know what kind of can make us successful. It's just a matter of trying to perfect those things and apply them to this car. So I think... Uh, it's just a matter of uh, learning a little bit and getting it all figured out. Where do you think Stuart Haas as an organization stacks up right now, now that we've had our first downforce race? And by, by the time the people hear this, by the way, we'll have already run the Auto Club Speedway race, but this is the race that everybody points to. Do you think there's a little too much invested in how this race turns out to try to decide how organizations and teams stack up and, and how do you guys stack up? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely early, early in the year, and uh, it's hard to tell, honestly, with not too many races. But I think, you know, we make great cars. Our cars are extremely fast. It's just a matter of having the, having everything go right. And I think uh, as we do that, you know, our company, I think, can win some races. For sure, for sure. Now, Cole, what is uh, the big difference that you've had to adjust behind the, the wheel then? So there's all, all sorts of little things. But I guess, is it the less horsepower and having to drive maybe deeper to a corner? Or is it the aggression on the restarts? I mean, just looking. We, we got to look at Cup and Xfinity side by side on Sunday because of the rain delay. And and obviously, their, their race seemed a lot more tame. So is it just the aggression level and restarts or something else that, that you're really having to adjust for on a downforce track? I think it's just a combination of everything, honestly. I mean, you go from an Xfinity car where you have to get out of the gas a lot, you have to finesse it around the corner and everything. Uh, and then in a the cup car, I mean, you're just driving it in as hard as you can and uh, just trying to make it turn, you know, as much as you can with using as much throttle as, you know, without getting out of the throttle. So it's just a matter of trying to figure out those little things and which lanes work, uh, how to work the restarts and everything like that. So it's just... It's a combination of everything. It's never just one thing, I would say. 
Right, that, that seems to be the common theme here for sure. So I appreciate you sharing that, Cole. And a couple more questions here. Well, you were already out of the Daytona 500 when the Ryan Newman situation happened on the last lap, and we're, we're thankful he's okay. But what were the moments like when you're learning about that? I mean, are you already in the airplane by then because you guys had exited the race or you're waiting for your team? How did you find out about information? And then what were your thoughts as a driver going forward into this race weekend? Yeah, you know, we were able to watch it on uh, TV a little bit, and, I mean, it was definitely one of those crashes that you just never want to see. But uh, it's it's just a testament to NASCAR and how far the safety's gone. I mean, it's incredible. He was able to walk away from the hospital after two days, and, uh, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's a miracle, honestly. So um, it's just a, a testament to NASCAR and how safe the cars, I guess, are now. Yeah, for sure, and that's I know there are a lot of strong ones being built there at Stuart Haas Racing. Now, how much downtime are you getting in between these races on the West Coast Swing? Are you getting to enjoy any hobbies? I mean, like your hobbies watching sports, right? So are you getting to do any of that in the couple days back home, or are you having to leave so early and arrive back so late that you're pretty much just going meeting to meeting? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just trying to get ready for the next race. I mean, you might do um, some little things, but overall, I mean, there's a lot of kind of preparation and studying and uh, just figuring out what you need to do going in the next race when you haven't even been to the track before. So just trying to figure all those little things out. Yeah, for sure. Well, Cole, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, man. And I know you got a lot of prep work to do before you go to your home track, Auto Club Speedway. I'm sure it'd be nice to run well in front of, I, I guess, do you consider that a home track? Yeah, it's definitely my home track. I grew up probably an hour from there and went there when I was a little and hopefully we can have a good run. Yeah, well, we certainly hope that for you. Cole, we'll see you at the track soon. And thank you so much for spending some time today on the 5 to Go podcast for WSB. Thank you. Okay, we're joined here on the 5 to Go Racing podcast, WSBradio.com, with another Cup Series rookie. We've just heard from Cole Custer, and now we're going to hear from the driver of the number 8 Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing, and that's Tyler Reddick. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, just trying to make most of this West Coast swing and, and do everything I can to, to be ready for, for these races that we have out here. And, and it really sets off our year, so it's important to, to you know, get out of the gate running as hard as we can. Well, for sure. And, and I was just talking to your fellow Cup rookie, Cole Custer, and I'm interested to see what the logistics are like. For You're a California native like him, so are you going back and forth to home base in Charlotte, or do you just choose to stay out west? How does your team handle the logistics? I'm always wondering about that. Yeah, we've, well, I've pretty much stayed on the West Coast for the really entire trip. Um, unfortunately, that means I'm spending time away from, from my girlfriend and, and, and my son and, and family and friends back home that, that are a little bit closer. So it, it it's a it, it stinks. I'm not gonna lie to you, but um, you know it's it's all for a reason, and I try and use that as my motivation to to get through these days when we're out here, and use that as a as a, as a you know as something I can just kind of use to push through it. So, does it give you a chance to stay with family when you're back home in California? Are they still based out of the Corning area, or or, or do you stay somewhere else? Well, you know, you know we've been we've been staying at South Point in uh, Las Vegas when we've been out here. And that isn't very close to, to home. So, um, unfortunately, yeah, that just that doesn't. I'm, I'm close, but I'm not. I'm still not in in California or it, at home. So, um, we say South Point because it's, it's 
we, we get a great deal from, from, from the guys here, Brennan's on and his family. So we spend time for the majority of it here at the, at the South Point in between the races. But, uh, you know, that allows us to kind of stay in the area, get, get adjusted to the weather that, that we have out here, um, and then in a, in a close proximity of the other tracks that we have. For sure. I'm, I know it's hard being away from your family. Let me ask you about uh, fatherhood and everything like that. Uh, when was your when was your baby born, and how has life changed since that happened? Uh, it, it, it's changed so much, but uh, he was born January 18th, and um, ever since then it's just been a total game changer on how you look at life. So just a really incredible moment. Um, craziest thing that's ever happened to me by far, and uh, I'm just thrilled about about him finally you know meeting us here and and spending time with us now and outside of the womb so it's just a it's a lot of emotions good and bad you know everyone says you know you're never ready for it and you truly never are um it's a incredible experience but uh gosh I absolutely love every every minute of it that i get to spend with him he's a he's a handful but um he makes it well worth it i know it was Keelan Harvick was, I want to say, seven to nine months old or something like that. I'm thinking back of a lot of years until he first came to the racetrack. And a lot of drivers have been guarded before about first bringing their driver to the track for health reasons and then also even privacy reasons. Does Do you guys have a kind of a game plan for that? I mean, him being still an infant, I guess, would be too young to come to the track, right? No, we, uh, we're a little aggressive. I mean, he was he was barely a little over two weeks old when we threw him in a car with us and drove down to Daytona because we're going to be down there for two weeks. So he's been to, been to the Daytona 500 this year. Oh. Um, obviously, he would have been to these West Coast races if I could have made it happen. Um, but now we kind of just room him uh, to the wolves right away at a young age. But uh, he's, he's very alert for his age. He, he's, uh, he's very much aware of what's going on around him. and um, So he's... He's advancing well, so we felt like, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to just get him out in the world world a little bit. Granted, I know everyone has their health scares about this and that, but he's healthy, he's doing well, and, uh, you know, he's, he's it's just like every day he learns something new. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and now uh, let's let's talk about behind the race car there. And thank you for being so candid about uh, fatherhood. You're a two-time Xfinity Series champion, a consecutive Xfinity champion. And I was just thinking back, the last three drivers, I think anyway, to have done those back-to-back years are Dale Jr., Martin Truex Jr., and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So are you planning on adding Jr. to the end of your name yeah. at any time? <laughs> but, but for real, though, what, what, how does it sit with you being a two-time Xfinity champion? And then on the other side of the coin, you're coming to the Cup Series where you're not the big fish in the small pond anymore. Yeah, it's... You know the, the the Cup Series is the is the is the next is the, the last really huge step you make. But once you get to Cup Series, you have to make huge steps throughout your learning process and your learning curve to become a better driver. And um, you know, for me, yeah, it's it's crazy to win back to back championships. But once you get to the Cup side, you quickly find out how you know it's great. People realize what you do, but it doesn't necessarily translate over to instant success. On the cup side, you have to really work hard for it, and that's what we're finding out now. But I knew that coming in, and I was excited about having to work hard to, to, to run up front and run well. And that's what our whole team kind of rallied behind is, is that thought and that process. We, as, as we speak right now, by the time people hear this, we'll have already raced at Auto Club Speedway, but 
your your first two finishes, Daytona 500 was pretty nondescript and, and ended up on the hook like a lot of people. And then at Las Vegas, it, it, on, on paper anyway, looks mediocre. How, how do you feel about the children's cars, the new Chevys, and then you adjusting from having an Xfinity car where you're off throttle in the corners to the cup car where, at mile and a half tracks where it's a lot of momentum? What? How do you size up just your first two races as a full-time cup driver? Well, you know, our kind of go-for-it mentality has, has bitten us a little bit pieces, but that's okay. You know, I'd, I'd much rather go for it every single time if we have an opportunity to, to capitalize and get a top five or go for a win. At, uh, you know, at it, it, it Daytona, we, we got in a wreck, uh, got our car fixed up, and, and instead of waiting around the back of the wreck one more time, you know, I just I felt like I was getting the brakes that I needed to to get to the front, and I unfortunately put myself in the worst possible spot. And got taken out with you know two two of the scheduled laps that we had to go um, as the race ended up going you know another seven or eight. So that was tough. But you know, looking ahead to the next weekend, I mean, we were we were probably a tenth place car at best, and uh, we were we were really close to achieving that goal on Sunday, but. When that caution came out right at the end, it put us in a spot where we, we were like, I mean, we, we got to go for it here. We got to try and make something happen. And we erred to the more aggressive side. And unfortunately, we got put in probably the worst spot you can restart on fifth, fifth place on the inside row. And, uh, or, well, third place on the inside row, fifth place overall. And that just really hurt our, hurt our chances. But as part of the game, you got to go for it. And once we were in that spot, you know, we weren't going to back down. We still had to go for it, even though it didn't work out in our favor. And what, why would third place on the inside row be the worst spot? Is that track to track that way? Or, or is it just at Vegas, the inside row was so bad? What, what makes it so bad uh, there in the cup series? Um, you know, these cars are so momentum based. Anytime you can get somebody's outside and roll that momentum, uh, you're, you're slowing down them down one. And if you're on old tires, you're upsetting their car to an extent where they can't get through the corner wide open. So it it's a real big game changer. And uh, you know, with 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 Ned Vendetta and William Byron getting together, getting in turn one, I lifted as as most same people would, and it, it 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 led to us getting put you know bottom of or middle of you know five or six wide at times on the back stretch. So just a tough situation is how it goes. But um, you know, these cars just don't leave a lot of a lot of undisturbed air um, in the wake of these cars once they once they once they travel through. So it just that that air doesn't really offer a lot of downforce and not a lot of grip for the cars behind, and that's what makes these restarts crazy. And uh, that's that's why we see the racing we do at the end of these deals. Now, uh, I've your car owner Richard Childers, your crew chief Randall Burnett. A lot of people commend you for having that go for it mentality and say that's what led you to the two straight championships you've just gotten. Does that play into your wheelhouse when you have these bonsai restarts and the 550 horsepower package? Or are you a little taken aback by what goes on there? That's a huge advantage for me, but as we we found out last weekend, you can be aggressive all day long, be one of the best restarters in the field, Um, but one bad restart can totally change that offset and that number your percentage throughout the race. So that's what happened to us. I think we were plus, like, you know, 12 or 13 or 14 or something like that throughout the race on restarts. And uh, the last restart, you know, put us all the way back to 13th. And it, and it, it, or we lost 13 spots on that last restart and it really hurt us. 
Yeah, and, that, and it's, cra- it's crazy to look at those final results and see who ended up where, especially looking at how that race was going to finish there before the that last caution. So, or before the second to last caution, I guess. One more question for you before we have to go is and you've already warned me I might be disappointed with this answer, okay? But last year in Kansas, we saw you and fellow Cup rookie, whom we just talked to, Cole Custer, come to blows and or come to shoves or whatever it was. And how much do these rivalries last into the next year? Is that something you guys worked on? I think it was really tantalizing from a media and fan perspective because you were two of the big three that were frustrated with each other. Does any of that carry over into the 2020 season? No, none of it really does. It honestly died um, that weekend, um, 15, 20 minutes later after the scuffle uh, for me, and I think for him as well, because we realized the, the, the greater picture and the big picture was if we take each other out of, of the final four, we're, we're taking away from each other. We both knew that we deserved to be there. So we kind of took it upon ourselves to just let it go, take the big picture, um, you know, really – be mature in how we thought about that deal and not be, not be, I guess just childish, you know, like, yes, we, we acted childish on pit road and we were upset with each other. Um, but once it was all said and done, we realized like, yep, you know, clearly, clearly I didn't want to take him out of the race and me out of the race as well. And that's what happened. And he knew that, that I was upset about taking him out, but I was also upset that I took away an opportunity between the both of us to win that race. So that was kind of, the way that shook out, um, but it's just it's just part of it. I mean, you got to be aggressive, um, and you got to try and win those races in the playoffs. But it, it pretty much died right there at the racetrack, and um, you know we've continued to stay good friends. Oh, and that's that's good to see. And I, you know, I can't let you go without asking. Uh, obviously, we're talking here ahead of the Atlanta Motor Speedway race weekend. Well, how, how do you like racing in Atlanta, and how much have you prepared for it already? It being in a couple of weeks. Um, we're trying to prepare as much as we can, but we haven't quite gotten um, a, a full game plan put together yet. We know we want to go when we go there, so that kind of allows us to kind of back it up to the last possible minute, um, getting ready, because some of these racetracks really don't know what you're going to have, like California, Montana. It's kind of a, a mixed bag of how you're going to approach that race. So going into so going into Atlanta, we know we're going to have, so we can kind of push it back to to a little bit later and we have a couple more weekends on the west coast here to kind of see what we have currently and then we can really give it everything we got in uh, in a few short weeks when we go to Atlanta. That's what we constantly see is get over that west coast swing come back to the east coast and work on those cars and everything else so Tyler thanks for spending time with us there and we look forward to seeing you at the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 weekend in mid-March. You got it thank you very much. All right, Tyler Reddick another Cup Series rookie car number eight that's Chevrolet we'll see him soon.